The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and leads me through the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Mm. You set a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord now and forever. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I thank you for being here in this time. I thank you for your presence. I thank your heavenly Father for your everlasting love, almighty God, for your guidance, for your teachings, for your revelation power, for everything that you do, that which I count, that which I cannot see, that which I have not no knowledge of, oh heavenly Father. I praise you and thank you in this moment for leading us here, almighty God. I pray for each and every person, oh heavenly Father, who is listening in fellowship with me right now, almighty God. I place us all, oh heavenly Father, under your wings, under your shelter in this moment, saying, Almighty God, that your will be done in our lives, O Heavenly Father. May we be aligned and obedient, O Heavenly Father, to every word that you are speaking right now. Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I call out each and every prophet, each and every apostle, each and every person, spiritual gifts, identity, and presence in this moment and in this time, O Heavenly Father, as your great commission says that our job, O Heavenly father is to spread the gospel to make disciples of one another so in this time oh heavenly father i call on each and every disciple oh heavenly father that you may oh heavenly father equip them with what is needed to be equipped in this moment teach them oh heavenly father may i be nothing but an instrument on this platform and in this word and in this time, almighty God, I ask the Holy Spirit, I ask for your presence to continue being with us. May your revelation power continue, O Heavenly Father, to teach and to guide and to heal us in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray away all distractions and fears, O Heavenly Father, of our identity, of the steps we have to take forward, of what you have called us out to do in this season. I dismantle every single thought of doubt, every single effort, O oh Heavenly Father, of the enemy and of our own negative thoughts, O oh Heavenly Father, that is an obstacle, Almighty God, in us standing in the position that you have called us to be. This is the season you have declared, O oh Heavenly Jesus, that we walk into our identity. We come into who we are in Christ, O oh Heavenly Father. We praise you, Almighty God, and I pray, O oh Heavenly Father, from the north to the east, to the south, to the west, O oh Heavenly Jesus for every single person every single disciple listening in fellowship and I say your will be done O Heavenly Father in the mighty name of Jesus I thank you amen greetings 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 good morning good evening good afternoon good day whichever greeting makes you feel more loud and more acknowledged on this platform I wish I could see everyone but I cannot which is also 
a good thing in a way but um i greet you all in the mighty name of jesus christ your host here on fellowship chats is myself phyllis mia i am an associate pastor a student pastor um and i've been on my christianity journey really all my life i don't think i know anything else outside of christianity to be honest dabbled a little bit but we are here and jesus is lord we have been saved so i'm grateful for that <laughs> um thank you so much for joining me on fellowship chats and i think i need to begin first with just telling you what fellowship chats is about fellowship chats is a christian platform however our platform is aimed at really interrogating the issues surrounding us as a christian community and not necessarily interrogating them to bring out the issues but however i believe the issues are already out there but we've always lacked the platform of bringing ourselves together uh, fellowship chat as a platform and an organization really extends itself in that way it is a platform where i hope solutions will come together i've got amazing guests coming up in the next few weeks um, people who are professionals in their own right people who are christ followers and we we are all going to sit down and really from pastors to doctors to politicians we're really all going to sit down and really unpack what it is that god wants for us in this season and what direction is taking us uh, 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 and how we should actually align ourselves you know because this is a season of the holy spirit and i know this for a fact because i i speak to 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 fellow disciples, fellow friends, family, whichever title you feel more comfortable with. And I'm, I, I'm aware of the season of the Holy Spirit. I'm aware of what God is imparting in everyone. I'm aware of what this era demands and requests of us. And I think that's what inspired me to create this platform. I cannot do it alone. So I'm hoping that by gathering and coming together, we will really, really achieve this. And I'm excited for it. On today's episode, however, if you will allow me just this one opportunity, I thought it would be a good idea for us to do a little introduction and get to know. At the same time, I hope the questions and answers that I've received from friends and family also help you unpack and introspect in your own right as a disciple about your journey, where you are headed. I ask that you don't compare yourselves to me. Um, don't also take everything that I say as a doctrine, I would say. Um, do interrogate things for yourself because the Holy Spirit does work with us uniquely at the same time. So I don't want you applying every experience and every thought that I have to your life. Uh, do, do question things, do ask the, the Holy Spirit to guide you and please do share with me more wisdom and more direction in areas where I'm also still unpacking. I look forward to that very much. So uh, we're going to go straight into the questions. I got a few questions. Some questions were a lot more theological um, and I felt that I would leave those for future conversations. So if your question doesn't come up, it's not that I've ignored it. I've just decided to place it in the area of the topic so that it is easier to unpack. Um, the questions I've chosen were the most popular. And I think 
they help us even as saints to unpack where we are now, where we are going, uh, what we are struggling with, because I think the challenges are very similar. However, our environments and backgrounds are different. So please do also consider that when you are looking for solutions. So let's get to it. The first question I was given is what is your purpose? What is the purpose of your ministry? And um, the scripture I, I, I decided to attach to this question, I've attached scripture uh, verses to each question because I'm hoping that also will be a guideline for everyone. Um, I encourage that as much as I've chosen certain verses, try to read chapters, try to read the book if it's possible, uh, just so that you understand the context, you know, and you, you, you really spend the time to meditate on the word of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. What is the purpose of your ministry? So I chose Matthew 28, 19, 20, which is the great commission, because first I think we cannot discuss purpose or build on purpose without necessarily first adhering to the great commission you know it all begins there that was the instruction that we have been given therefore that is the background that is the environment of whatever you need to do in christ your first order is to make disciples that that's that that's really the goal of it all for us to spread the gospel make disciples um and your purpose generally will, will, will be aligned to that, I think, in ministry. However, from a personal side, I ask not to share my purpose in ministry. Um, reason being, remember my purpose is not for me, but it is for other people and it is for the aim and the purpose of whatever God wants done. It would be disrespectful for me to share that without the Holy Spirit having given me permission to do so and I did not get permission I have not as yet gotten permission to share that I'm also one who is very protective of her purpose very protective of what God has imparted in me so I'm quite strategic in how I share it um and I've realized that a lot of people actually are the same and this brings in issues of confusion. Those around you are not sure what's going on with you. You know, it brings in a lot of other elements because everybody just wants that answer. And as much as you may have the answer, time also is a teacher. So it is also revealing and teaching you what you've seen. You know, the things of the spirit are that way. God can give me the answer. But I also, as a human being, need to now learn, unpack, renew, discover what it means, see how the process is changing things around me, and also become the character to carry it in the right way and with the correct respect. Um, I think purpose also has a way of having phases. Purpose is not just this I don't know how to, it's, it's not like just this one statement, but it unpacks itself as well in phases, if, if I'm making sense. Um, and I think also the importance in, under, in, in this question is understanding 
it is important for us to lay a foundation, you know, um, learning from the relationship we have with the father, learning who he has made us to be, learning how we are supposed to do that. Um, a lot of the times we, we, we hide be behind religious practices, especially in an era like this. Please, I have no issues with religion, none whatsoever. I mean, I'm, I'm religious myself, but I have to be honest that there are certain things that sometimes we do, and I think the Christian community is aware of that. We're, we're more religious than we are obedient, actually, to what the Spirit is directing us to do. So setting that foundation where I'm always able to hear the voice of God, hear what he's directing, uh, uh, following it through as well is really important. So I would, I, I, I would answer that question in that way. I know I didn't give much of an answer, but I'm hoping I'm giving introspective guidelines here. So our next question, which came also, I had to do the questions this way because playing everyone's voice note was going to take hours. Some people send voice notes, some people send texts. And I thought of playing the voice notes, but I thought if I played the voice note, it's just going to take forever for us to get through the episode. So... I hope you're okay with just me for today. <laughs> um, what ha the next question is, what has been the highlight in discovering your core? The highlight in discovering my core, uh, I chose the scripture, Psalm 23, which we prayed in the beginning. Um, because I think it, it, it really truly uh, um, gives a picture of, of the relationship with God that I have now and that would be my highlight just having that relationship um having that presence in my life has saved me in so many situations that I cannot count it has yes it's brought strife it's brought other things however it's also really shown me the greatness of God it's shown me the greatness of God in my heart. Um, and yeah, I would say that would be it. The highlight would be relationship with God and heart. I would say that's, that's what my calling gave me. It gave me heart. It gave me passion. And, and that came out of the relationship with God and nothing else. Our next question, were you ever in denial about your call? And what actually made you realize that you have to stop running? Like I said in the beginning, um, so I started having conversations with God as a child. But as a child, I thought everybody was doing the same thing. You know, because I grew up in a Catholic school. I went to church. Grew up in a family that taught me prayer and all of those good things. So God was a... God was real to me and, and, and I thought that everybody had the same relationship that I had with God most of the time growing up. So the only thing I did do was n never really speak again on purpose or my identity in Christ until I was an adult. And only because I didn't understand a lot of what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me because I, I think I hadn't even learned the gospel yet 
in its truth and in its understanding. Uh, fast forward to teenage years where now your call is really coming alive and now you're forced to really confront these things and face them. I think I felt, I don't know if I ran away or if I tried to delay it. You know, um, it's easy for me to be like, oh no, I ran, I ran. I didn't run, to be honest. I think I tried to delay it. I, I always thought, okay, for now I'm going to get to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G in life. And maybe when I'm like 40 something, <laughs> don't know why we think we need to serve God when we are older and finished. Because to be honest, when you realize how much energy and work you need in this, it's, it's amazing to actually do it when you're younger. But I thought it would be something I'd do at a later stage. And that's because of my own cultural, social understanding of the whole aspect of serving God. Um, in the beginning, I, I, I actually thought I'd be a nun or something when I was a child. Because I went to a Catholic school and female leaders were mostly nuns. In my church, there were female pastors. But at the time, it wasn't so... I don't know if I was ignorant to the environment or what was happening, but it wasn't it wasn't so much in your face where you, you, you saw yourself as a female pastor. No, I didn't I didn't have those figures growing up. I saw them, but I didn't connect with them for some reason. So I was never in denial, but I was always trying to delay. I was always really trying to delay and um make it something else, form it into something else, call it something else. Um, the second part of the question is, when did I stop running from it? Or I guess, when did I stop running from my own delay and things like that? Progressively, if you have a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit, the conviction will eventually just bring you to your knees. I was 20, 23 when that happened. However, again, to stop running from it just meant declaring it publicly. Personally, in my own space, it was before that, but I just was not really having the conversation or speaking about it openly to, to a lot of people. I think I was only speaking to a mentor, a few friends, that's it. It was important for me to learn what was inside of me. And that was the number one thing for me. Um, I have more to this answer, but I'm trying to think if I should just move on to the next questions or not. Because, you know, when you are, when you are trying to delay things of God, it usually is because of the fears we have. Once God has spoken something into us, we know the weight of it. We know the effect of it. Therefore, when you're looking around you and you're like, if I step into this, this is going to change. That's going to change. That's going to go. That's going to. So that kind of puts us in a space of denial and delay, I would say. Um, and I, I don't think we need to fear much in that area. It is better to let go and let God. Everything else comes together after that. It really does. Um what are the things I have had to unlearn and let go of? Hmm. Sin, number one. <laughs> number one would be sin. Um, I, I, I'm, again, 
maybe in weeks to come i'll be more uh, open to speaking especially if we have certain topics around it i i'd rather not say what my sin is i did that once and to be honest you cannot trust the christians with that yeah no that's i think that's another area in christianity that we really need to fix where you are actually being authentic and open for the sake of help and people sort of take it in as something else you know i'll leave it at that but a lot of the things i've had to unlearn have been attached to relationships they've been attached to my own trauma they've been attached to my own subculture that i've created you know in the world around me so it's how i interact with people i've had to unlearn how i speak i've had to unlearn how i present myself i've had to and learn how I think. You know, the, 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 the Romans, is it 12? Yes, it's Romans 12, where you really, truly, really need to unpack and renew your mind as the word of God says. So I just wanna check this verse because I don't wanna be wrong. Yes, it is Romans, it's Romans 12 too and the process of transforming yourself renewing your mind changing things that are around you it's very deep because we've been programmed to think and focus on things a certain way we've been programmed to live our lives according to the communities we've created the cultures we've created and then here comes the gospel that's like well here you need to really set your path and be yourself and and it's not to say you can't have community but who is the community that is around you are they pushing forward what i have put in you are they helping you grow what i've put in you you know i've had to realize that um a lot of the time i think in the beginning we all assume it's a behavioral thing where you're like oh no if they're doing this habit, then I won't join them. And really at the end of the day, look at the community around you and listening to their reasoning. Listen to how people reason. And that will give you a huge, huge, huge perspective in terms of the things that you have to unlearn according to your purpose, according to the Great Commission, according to what God has asked you to do. I've seen a lot of the times, especially when people are married, that, that that's the scary part where you come into your court in a marriage. I've seen that it can be challenging in that way where some people are fearful. You, you know, I can feel the spirit is telling me this right now, but, and I don't know who it's for, but a lot of spouses have been called, but because now I'm attached to this person, it is so difficult for me to now answer my call because it affects someone else. It affects their lifestyle, their thinking, everything. And when I say spouses, I'm talking about married people, I'm not talking about your unsaved boyfriend, girlfriend. No, that's not who I'm talking about. <laughs> talking about married people. And even in marriages, people have unsaved partners. So it can be quite tricky. But what I'm hearing now is that you need to pray for yourself and you need to pray for your partner so that in the unlearning process, you can both go on the journey together. Um, it requires a lot of patience, but this, yeah, this is for someone I'm not sure. I, I won't know because I'm recording, <laughs> but 
yeah just trust in god that's what i'm hearing that there's there's, there's someone who's struggling with the spouse on this one and you have to trust in god about that you have to open your heart and your mind completely you know when we speak of surrendering surrender has a trust element in it so trust in god pray for your partner and be open god actually is saying right now that you need to tell your partner someone hasn't told their partner this um this is so weird because i'm supposed to be speaking all around but this is profoundly for someone i don't know who it is hopefully when you are listening it will resonate with you and yeah i guess this is confirmation for you and what you have been praying for and we thank jesus christ for that amen so yeah unlearning and letting go is difficult it's difficult but it's mostly everything that you've created around your life that is not of god you will have to unlearn it from a renewal of the mind to behavioral and and you know I don't want it to sound like you're making a factory doll or anything like that. It's once you surrender to your core, these sort of things seemingly happen in process. If that makes sense. Um, we have a next question, which is what do you think is the biggest challenge facing Christians today? Again, the reason I created this platform is very much around this question. I would say it motivates me as well. But I would say, considering that we are in the season of the Holy Spirit, a new era where um, Christianity in its own, uh, not removing any part of God's process that has led us to where we are now. However, because we are where we are now, we do have to now look at ourselves and be like, are we aligned with what God is doing now? And I think for me, the biggest challenge of Christianity is fear, fear of our own religious doctrines changing, fear of leadership losing the worlds and the things they've created around them. Inflexibility is also a huge issue in the Christian community because now we've built all of these things and we are so afraid to step out of them according to what the Holy Spirit is directing us to do. That's my personal belief uh, about the season and Christianity. I think um, I've learned very much never to, as a Christian, sit in a situation and then look around and ask myself what other religions and other people are doing. I don't think that's a good idea. It'll never give me anything uh, to progress on and be successful. So my focus will always be in the world and in the community that I'm in. And that's Christianity, you know. So as Christians, if we cannot now take off our lenses and objectively look at ourselves and be like, you know, we are messing up here. We are doing this. I, I, I'm very sorry to say, but I do think Christianity is going to need to pick it up a notch for this coming season. We have to be very serious about what we're doing. We have to be very intentional about what we're doing. And more than that, we have to have learned how to do it. We've, we've lost the area where, and it's not everyone, please, it's not everyone. However, do review what you've learned and how you've learned it and how you're applying it. Because that has changed and distorted the gospel in so many ways. We've also given way for certain uh, uh, um, 
injustices to happen within the Christian community because of these teachings. So it's definitely a season where we have to be radical, have to be intentional, really have to be flexible to what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. And in that flexibility, it's not about carelessness. It's rather about trusting God and having hope in the things that God has placed us uh, and also understanding the place of prophecy in all of this, you know, be, you know, I, I'm so concerned that we're coming into a season where everybody's going to be called prophet, this prophet, that prophet, we, the Holy Spirit in its character is prophetic. You know, it, it, it will impart in you prophetic things. So I think we are in a prophetic season, but please don't make the mistake as a Christian community to name everyone a prophet in this season, if that makes sense. Um, only because we don't want to lose the actual function of prophecy to a title, if that makes sense. We have to create environments where spiritual gifts are allowed to exist in in their greatness without us trying to stifle and control them and be like okay so prophesy today that authenticity we have to create an environment for spiritual gifts that continue to be authentic continue to be genuine and that is the power of where the healing the miracles and, and the transformational effect of the gospel is really going to come from um our next question is, I'm trying to move a bit faster. We're on our second last question because the last question, I want to also just focus on it as a devotion from everything that we've spoken right now. Um, the last question is always interesting because it's always about family and friends. So how did you explain your core ministry to family and friends? I don't know if I explained it. I, 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 I'm not sure if I explained it, but I spoke of it when it happened. When, when I went public about it, that's when I spoke to friends and family. I didn't grow up discussing it in my friends and family circles. Um, I think the first time I spoke to a friend about my call, I was maybe around 1920, probably. So... Uh, and that friend was someone I was hoping would also guide and lead me in the process. I, in the beginning of my journey, I think I had three people as counsel. And that was for years before I even went public with it, with it which was my pastor, uh, my one friend and my one cousin. That was it for me. Um, again, I didn't want to take the situation lightly. I knew I had a lot of work to do, so I didn't I didn't want to put that pressure by letting too many people know. One. Two, uh, I've gotten a lot of these questions about family and friends on how did you let them know? How did they react when you said this? What was the uh, how do the relationship change? And I'm trying to I've been asked the questions in many different forms, so I'm just trying to basically summarize it but the essence here is really just how relationships change evolve what people around you think about you when you come into your into your core excuse me please uh but basically the truth is it's challenging with family and friends um 
I think especially for people who are called to lead in this season, there's, there, there, there are changes the world has not seen that are to come and most of them are going to come through us. So those relationships with family and friends, they change. And I remember once sitting with the Holy Spirit and what he imparted to me was, you cannot befriend people that you're going to end up having to lead. There was a season for that friendship to be that way. There was a season for this to be that way. But the relationship now has to change. And I find that relationships that are a little bit more stubborn with that change are the ones that end up falling away naturally. Um, friends and family sometimes assume that from a Christianity perspective, people actually end up walking away because of just the habitual things. And really, it's for me, it wasn't that. I say that because I myself have not apprehended all my sins and things like that as much as I work on it and I make sure I'm doing the best that I can in terms of uh, working on it and being in Christ and my word and all that repentance, all that good stuff. However, it does not come from a judgment place in a sense of, uh, well, you said that, so now we're not friends. No, it really, again, I think I mentioned this earlier, is about reasoning. It's about letting those relationships grow with you into who you are becoming. Not everybody's going to be able to do that, even with family. And again, I mentioned earlier that there's no point of us as a Christian community being so focused about a world where the word has told us what's going to happen to the world. Uh, we get so distracted about things that we don't exist in per se. I mean, we exist in the world, but it is not where we are functioning at this point. So. If I'm sitting and I'm getting hater aid from the world, I don't have a problem with that. Those are not my community. They're not my people. However, the challenge for us as Christian comes when the, the, the hating and the judgments and the, the cruelty is coming from those who are close to you. And unfortunately, the devil has a way of using them rather than strangers per se. And that's where i say the contention of relationship now comes in and we need to really humble ourselves pray about it um i would advise that if if you need to take a break from a relationship do what is necessary to actually just create an environment where the relationship is allowed to grow with you and go with you where you are going if it doesn't be at peace with letting it go you know, um, I think it's important for things to be organic. So once something is no longer organic, be okay and at peace with that. Um, and yes, that does mean it will be a 30 year friendship that suddenly no longer exists to you in a way. Um, things like that do happen. They happen. Um, and for me, at this point, it was difficult along the way because you do expect family, friends to cheer you on. You do expect people to actually give you the attention of, oh, what's going on? Let's talk about it. Let's, let's figure this out. You know, how's that going? Because you see them doing it amongst themselves and their understanding of the world, if that makes sense. Um, 
So it does, it does sometimes make you feel alone. And I get why I'm getting this question alone because in this season, it definitely, there's a sense of loneliness and a detachment from family and friends that can be fearful. But I think we should not be afraid, rather understand that there is room being made for new things. And those new things may include those people, but if they don't, that's also okay. New doesn't mean it's gone forever. It just means change the relationship, alternate certain things so that it is also good and healthy for you. And you have have set those boundaries. You've set that direction of where you are going. And those who love you will really come with you the best way they can. That is very evident in my life, I'll be honest. Those who really love, care and support you will come through the best way they can. Don't really dwell too much on relationships that don't last forever. Now, um, I want us to go to Jeremiah 1, actually, um, for this next one. Um, we can actually read from Jeremiah 1. I'm not going to read it, please. Uh, like I said, some of these things, I'm hoping you'll read the chapter. But it's Jeremiah 1 from 1 to... I just want to make sure that I'm correct. Actually, the entire of Jeremiah 1. I would say the entire Jeremiah 1 would be perfect for this next one. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm actually reaching a point of closing now. And the last question is, what is your thorn in the flesh? And through that thorn in the flesh, how have you learned to find God's grace? throughout the years and what can you teach about God's grace in that regard what does it mean that his grace is sufficient based on your own walk with God so my greatest thorn in the flesh again I would say was the fact that one I kept a lot of things private and secret. So when they came out, it definitely came with a lot of um, strife and uh, 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 whew, it came with a lot of craziness. And it still does. It's, it's actually still doing that. Um, and I would also say family has been a thorn in the flesh in a sense that you know, in this season, a lot of people, even the word speaks about this, that the era that we are in focuses a lot on breaking generational curses. So a lot of the time when you're called in this season, you feel that responsibility on a daily basis. And that can be very challenging to deal with in a sense that it brings a lot of you know, healing, restoration and all that, they bring so much calamity before the clarity. And you have to really be strong in the grace of God in it. Why I say that is because as you take the position to do these things, grace now comes back and tells you, I anointed you to do it. I'm telling you to do it. I'm giving you the anointing to do it. I'm saying you do it. You know, grace has a way of doing that because while grace is saying that to you, there's a voice here 
family, friends, people. Guys, I'm not judging people. It's just human nature. But there are those voices and people thinking, why her? Who does she think it is? You know, we live in a world where entitlement is such a big deal that a lot of the time people get to, if you're not looking at something with the spiritual eye, you eventually assume entitlement into the whole situation and now you are judging the person who's been called to break your curses you're not supporting that person you're not using your spiritual eye and doing it you're allowing your guilt and your shame from the areas where you didn't do it to now filter into this person's experience um from that perspective, I would say grace then comes into the picture and says, nah, girl, yes, you did that, but that's not who you are. This is who you are. Grace gives identity as well in so many ways that we cannot even begin to understand. Grace in itself restores and heals. Therefore, whatever people have canceled you out for, God has corrected and qualified you for. And we have to trust in that even in our thorns in our flesh because that travels with you your whole journey. It's connected so much to your purpose that it, it evolves in different ways in different seasons. And I'm talking from experience on this when the person asked me this question, asked me this because... They've actually counseled me on this quite a lot. I think they're testing to see if I've learned anything. <laughs> um, so for me in this time and in this generation, what I will say is your thorn in your flesh is usually going to be what leads to your breakthrough as well. It is painful. It is uncomfortable. It is annoying at times. It is irritating. It is all the words that we try not to speak in the Christian vocabulary but it is also graceful it is a blessing it is beautiful so we need to learn that from a space of sufficient grace and sufficient grace means whatever you do i remember heading into what i call was my is a wilderness my wilderness season which lasted a long long time and i remember the moment it happened i had like a moment with god it was almost like god was showing me that we're going in now and before that i'd been fasting for months crazy enough i'd fasted for months end of that fast i think about two weeks later god's like here we go it's time now you know and i remember thinking oh no i literally was right then that well, literally the, the the reaction i just gave you know was the same reaction because i thought to myself but i fasted for so long why can't I just be a pure, clean saint, Lord? I've tried so much, you know, I've done everything. Everything is good. I'm sober. Life is clean. I'm not cursing. I'm not doing that. I'm not out there there. We're not dating anyone, you know. All of these things we think of as Christians, you know. I'm healthy. I'm exercising. I'm doing my devotions every day. I'm reading my word. So don't take me out of that to go bring me into strife and... And the one thing we forget is that we need those wilderness seasons to also build character. I remember in that very season, a uh, few months into it, where I was like, a lot I'm dying. You know, we, we complain and we, 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 it feels awful, to be honest. 
I remember the voice of God coming to me in the service and he was like, it was good that you were afflicted so that you may know my ways. You know, that scripture came to me. And the thorn in the flesh is really also about that. So we can attach that scripture as well. Actually, I think it's some 91. If I'm not wrong, I will check it. But yes, the thorns in the flesh are really just about that as well. You... It takes you through the journey of the pains, but it also makes you discover every part of you that is true, that is godly, that is justified, that is graced upon grace upon grace. And that's the sufficiency of grace. Because now when you go into that wilderness phases, the one thing we never speak about in our healing is that God also shows us what is wrong with us. He, 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 not necessarily where is wrong, excuse me for saying it that way, but how far our impurity really goes, how deep the attachments of our sin really is. And I think that's the relationship between the thorn of the flesh and grace being sufficient. Because as much as this thorn keeps pushing the pressure and pressing you down, grace comes back and just cleans those things. But it is through process. It is through process. It is through revelation. It's not some mysticism exercise. And in that way, the sufficiency of grace is trying to say to you that no matter what you go through, what you see, what, what you discover about yourself there, grace comes back and says, it is not who you are. I'm only revealing these things to heal you, to restore you, to teach you, and to also show me who, show you who I am, is what God says in those moments of sufficient grace. Um, I want us to also understand with the thorn in the flesh that there's such a thing as a unique grace. There's such a thing as a unique grace. Therefore, don't follow someone else's situation thinking that you are graced in the same way. There's a common grace that we have. Again, we're going to go more into these concepts in the next couple of weeks. But then there's also a unique grace that is assigned to someone because of that thorn in that flesh. And more than anything, because of the purpose and the plan that God has placed in their lives. So when we read scripture and God is also saying, uh, 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 do not judge or do not uh, 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 place all of these things of condemnation on people as Christians, it comes from that place of understanding that grace is so unique for everyone at the same time that if we do not approach it with kindness, with compassion, and with a zealous energy to love one another, we are only contributing to the thorn in the flesh and not someone's grace. And our job as Christians and as people is to be in the identity of God, is to apply the same teachings, same preaching, same guidelines of the gospel and Jesus Christ. So that we too can be the love that we display. Renewal is a real thing in this journey and that's what it really is about. And I think everything we've spoken about centers around that so much for me today. 
that renewal is a real thing. We are in a season where people are being asked again and again and again. And you can see it because now all of a sudden there's so many spiritual options that were not there a few years ago, which is crazy. We have to, have to, have to renew how we think. We have to change our minds and how we think. There's nothing wrong with our education. But the minute the education takes over grace, takes over the plans of God, the alignment of God, then you become self-serving. These are all fragile, thin lines that we need to really be sure about when we look at them. So be open to the renewing of your mind and trust God in whatever changes happen around you in your life. Um, surrender, 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 surrender to your call, surrender to who God says you are, surrender to his identity. Um, there's never been more pressing time to actually do that and do it in the right way. I would encourage you to end this season as you go in it, leave no stone unturned when it comes to searching the answers that you need from God. Um, do everything you do it with God in uh, with sorry, do everything you do in the name of Jesus with great intention, great authenticity and a pure heart. Um, it is very evident when people are not pure in heart in this season about the things of God and what they are doing. So I guess I will leave you with that for today. Those are all the questions I think that we've gone through for today. I don't know if there's more, but yeah, those are the questions. And uh, I hope that you've taken something in getting to know me a little bit. And in the next few weeks, I'll definitely keep everyone up to date of what our subjects are, our... Um, topics excuse me what our topics would be for the next uh, part up uh, for the next episodes um you definitely want to stick around trust me today is probably the simplest and easiest conversation we'll ever have and that's because i was speaking to myself <laughs> but also because the topics really will be um engaging so i'm excited and i thank you all so much for your time i pray that the grace, love, and peace of God be with each and every one of you as you carry on uh, uh, on your journey. Be encouraged and be okay to transform, to change, and become the butterfly that you need to be for the work of the Lord. Um, remember that Jesus is Lord. You are loved. You are beauty. You are grace. You are peace. And may the grace and peace and love of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. And I look forward to seeing you guys in the next two weeks again. Yes, episodes will be coming out every fortnight for now. That's the schedule we have. And I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Love you all. Bye.